0: Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I am your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. So happy to be back with you guys for another episode. We are coming to the end of our series on marriage. We went a little bit over the month of February. Obviously, February is a short month. And this week, on the first day of March, I'm excited to bring one more couple as part of this series. And it is my wife Emily's aunt, allison and her husband tommy and i'm so excited to share this conversation with you guys they are just awesome people with a great story and a great perspective on marriage and one thing that really dawned on me as we were talking to them is that one of my favorite parts of the series is just that we've been able to talk to couples in so many different phases of marriage tommy and allison have both been divorced and so when they got married it created a blended family and so i really loved talking to them and getting their perspective on marriage and what it looks like for them because like i was saying earlier it looks different for everybody and i just think it's great for people like emily and me who are still very young in our marriage we don't have kids to learn from people who have had different experiences their marriage looks different and the context of it is different and i think it's so important for us to hear from people in different situations, whether that's about marriage or just life in general, but I'm so grateful for the examples that I've been able to learn from during this marriage series, and I'm just super grateful for Tommy and Allison sharing their story. Tommy is the Associate Dean for the Beeson Divinity School at Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama, and so I was particularly interested in hearing his theological background and insight on marriage. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. So excited to bring this to you. Here is our conversation with Tommy and Allison Fuller.
1: I am so excited to be on the podcast with my Aunt Allison and her wonderful husband, Tommy. Uh, we are excited to finish out our series on marriage with a wonderful couple and a woman that I've looked up to my whole life and just hear from their wisdom, from their unique experiences, and um, maybe even learn a little bit ourselves. I hope so. I, hope so. I think so. <laughs> I think we will. Yeah. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for having Thanks.
0: us. we excited to be
2: here.
1: All the way from Alabama.
0: Yeah, where it's a lot warmer than here. We're getting all kinds of snow and ice here in Kentucky, and they've had very little of it. And, although I have seen some severe, like, uh, like summer weather in Georgia. I saw that there was a tornado. So mm-hmm. we got snow in Texas, tornadoes in Georgia, snow up here. There's just all kinds of weather. Dogs and on. cats living together. It's the end of time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's crazy. But
1: the South is never ready for this, so that makes sense.
0: Yeah, nope. that's true well guys how have you guys been how's uh obviously we've seen you guys periodically throughout the past year but um with with covid and having to kind of navigate that and everything how has that kind of shaped your marriage and i think also maybe helped you guys spend a little bit more time together i know that's been the case for us being inside a lot more what's this past year looked like for you guys
3: yeah we well i guess we both started working from home in march mid-march so i've been working at home since then tommy went back June,
2: no. June yeah. right? Yeah, I was working from home for uh, uh, for the last half of the spring and then uh, some of the summer, uh, but but was able to go back to the office in June. I've been back really for the most part since then. So uh, so I have, we've not been here, uh, you know, uh, quarantined under the same roof for for practically a year, uh, but we we managed the time that we were pretty well. And and it uh, really too, even though you know COVID's been a disruption for everybody in one way or another. Uh, it, it was a, a good time. Allison's mom was very ill and and passed away in July, and that time allowed her to spend more time with her mother and help with her care. And you know, so there there have been some kind of serendipities to to the change in, in our routine.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah. You guys have experienced a lot of change in the past year. and I, I was wondering if you were going to mention about Ruth's passing. Um, so that happened. And I know some other health issues in the family and then Anna, your daughter is now engaged and there's just, there's just a lot of change and it's like, you know, time didn't necessarily slow down and life didn't necessarily stop and all these bad and good and hard things continue to happen (laughs) as we know, um, despite there being a global pandemic. So I think there's something to be said about, we've talked about that, like a little bit on the episodes that we've done so far as like, you know, how we talk a lot about how marriage isn't hard, but like life itself is really hard and how, you know, even if we can't predict those hard moments, marriage can really be the thing to make or break how we deal with those moments. How have you guys noticed that in the past year for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, just, just having somebody that you know is always there to support you and pray with you and, um, you know, continue to press on when it does get hard, you know, that makes a huge difference. Um,
2: yeah, I, mean just, I think, yeah, fears. COVID in particular has, it has required and, and it's required so many people to, to isolate mm-hmm. and to disconnect. I mean, we have this, we, we have the technology mm-hmm. and we've tried to replace those in-person connections and being with people, seeing people, family, friends, whatnot. Uh, through some of these other alternatives. But uh, I think in those times where we are forced to disconnect and and to distance from one another, it makes the bonds that we have between us that much more important because you can begin to feel pretty (laughs) uh, uh, pretty isolated and lonely in ways both physical and figurative. I think going through a time like this. So, yeah, but you don't have to do that alone. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm definitely grateful for technology because I mean, we've been able to stay in touch with people this year. It's been one of the best things. And we were just talking before we recorded. Technology has been a great thing for both of our relationships. Can you share the story of how you guys met? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we, uh, we met uh, online, we, we met through a Christian um dating site or whatever the, the right term for it is though you know i, I take exception to the <laughs> description of it as an online dating site in some respects because at least in our case we we didn't date that way we just met or found okay. each other that way uh, but yeah i think we were both pretty skeptical about that kind of thing in general to begin with but being in our uh early forties at the time, I guess you were early forties. I was already about 45. Uh, we discovered pretty quickly once we got to a place, I think respectively where we were ready to consider seeing someone again, um, that, uh, it's, it's hard. Uh, it's, uh, it's not the same, uh, not the same scene when you're forty something and when you have children and uh, and you're not uh, in college or you know whatever. So um, so yeah, I think it was one of those where we we both in our own separate spheres said, okay, I'll give this a try. What do you have
0: to lose? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> and
2: appreciated that you know as I looked as I looked into it more, I know uh, I saw that. I didn't have to respond to anybody. I didn't want to, didn't have to reach out to anybody. It was all sort of, you know, the balls in your court and you use screen names and so forth. Anyway, so (laughs) getting too far off a field, but so, yeah, we, uh, we met, met that way, uh, communicated, just, you know, message texted through their system for about five days or so uh, before we met face to face and, the rest is history. Well,
0: we exchanged phone numbers, I guess, because we were texting. We did
2: then text at yeah. the end.
0: And then and you said earlier that you you may not have act- you, you guys lived near each other, but you said you don't think that you would have met her had it not been through that. And I think yes, that's a- we went to because- the same church,
3: so the first time he saw okay. me was um, <laughs> he was in the balcony of the service, and I was in the singing in the choir with my blue polyester robe on. So that was, oh, that yeah. was our first, first vision of the first sight, right? And yeah. From
2: far away. Thankfully, I'd seen her online first. Just
3: a picture. I don't know if that no. first
2: sighting in the choir robe would have done it, but uh, but the, <laughs> her profile picture online was was a little better. So,
0: but uh, I think that's so important because there's there's like a we were talking before we recorded, and I just wrote something about this because obviously Emily and I met uh, through an online dating app as well. But there's there's a stigma attached to that, and I think especially for Christians there's a little bit of apprehension to to share that part of their story because they're worried about being judged. They're worried about what people's perception is going to be when you say you met online. A lot of people, especially young people, they utilize those services for illicit means. Obviously, that was not the case with us. And obviously, on a Christian dating site like you guys met on, that's typically not what you're going to find. But the general consensus is that that's what people associate online dating with. And it's Mm -hmm. especially true for our age group. But I'm interested, like, You know, at at your age group, what is it like to kind of get back, I guess there's two parts to this question is, how do do you guys feel about that stigma that's attached to it and how would you address that like how would you maybe tell people that are worried about maybe getting back into the dating scene and wanting to use that because I was I was a little bit apprehensive at first, but also just in terms of like getting back into the dating scene. After you've been married with kids, you kind of hinted at it a little bit ago that it is actually different, you know. So, that whole process like, what did that look like from your perspective, and how would you kind of help somebody? How would you advise somebody to navigate through that who maybe is in a similar situation? A lot of questions there, I know. (laughs) Yeah,
3: well, I was terrified when I signed up, and you know, like Tommy said, you don't use your real name, so I think mine was just like Allison S. or something. I mean, it wasn't. I didn't put my last name or anything. And I didn't want to put like my exact location because so I'm like, I have three children and what if they find me? You know, all those fear
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. things that you know, you just don't know people. But um I think I had only been on there a day before we started communicating. So I think I can't really quickly. <laughs> so um, but yeah, you know, it's when you have children, you look at things a whole lot differently when you you bringing someone else into your life because that affects them as well. It's not like, you know, you would just want to meet and be in a relationship with someone that would not be part of them as well. So that, you know, that's a challenge in
2: itself. Yeah. And I'm not sure that, that we're the best people to, to ask about that whole experience because Uh, Like Allison said, she was on for about a day and we (laughs) met and, you know, that was it. Uh, I was on for about six weeks and I think had three people or so uh, reach out to me. And I didn't respond to any of them. And I never reached out to anybody in those six weeks until I
0: saw her.
3: Yeah, we initially told people we met. Through mutual friends, because that's exactly we, what we
0: would tell them I mean, too. Because we found <laughs> out we, we
3: did have mutual friends, a lot
0: of them. But so. it helped yeah. us discover that. That's right. It, well, that well, and, and those apps usually they cater. At least I found that it, it would show you on like. Who your mutual, who, who friends, your mutual friends were. It, it kind of like would yeah. curate people to you who were you had mutual friends too. So sure it depending it on what service it was that kind wasn't of true, but it was, was definitely we strategy. found out after the fact. Yeah, in okay. fact, uh uh after we had
2: been communicating, uh messaging, texting for four or five days, uh, I asked her what her last name was. <laughs> and uh and and you know uh Full disclosure here: my my only reason for asking that, besides, of course, wanting to know, was uh, so I could go on Facebook and stalk her. Oh,
1: absolutely! Uh, and
2: and find out a little bit more about her. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, uh, and so she she told me, and I looked and saw that we had mutual some friends. friends in common. And and That's then exactly I what I, did I, I recognized <laughs> that uh, though all of those mutual friends, uh, for the most part, had. Uh, had this common denominator of all being a part of a church here in Birmingham that I've had a lot of contact and involvement with at different times over the years. And, uh, and then the light bulb went off because I, I recognized that the, uh, that her last name was the last name of the founding pastor of that church who I already knew uh, personally. And uh, yeah, just really strange kind of uh, the way the Lord worked to, bring us together. But to your point earlier, I, I, I'm not sure that we would have met otherwise, even going to the same church, even living just a couple of miles apart from each other. Even knowing these friends in common, it it, it helped to facilitate that. So our, our experience with all of that was a little short-lived. different
0: <laughs> and yeah. short
2: lived. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I would say to anybody in a similar situation, uh, obviously use good judgment. Don't be uh, foolish or uh or tempt fate um and and so forth but uh but also recognize that in in these times it can be uh just as helpful a way to to meet somebody as you know having a friend set you up or uh, you know I, I went out with a person or two that a friend set me up with and None of those worked out. So. Yeah, our
3: joke, when people ask how we met, our joke is always like, do you want the real story or Because <laughs> 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 we, we did have mutual friends, but we actually met. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. but yeah, we were, were, I guess right? we were a little bit, we were, we were kind of hesitant to begin with just to yeah, we did throw yeah. it out there yeah. for the very reason we decided that, that well, yeah. Y'all the, work
1: on the cutting edge kind of too, you know, because I mean, it. you met nine years ago, 10 years ago, how long would this have been?
2: But it was, uh, it, it was, was it was almost a couple of months from 29. now will be 10 years ago. Yeah.
1: Guys, it was exciting.
0: Yeah.
1: Almost <laughs> that 10 year, yeah. 10 year dating anniversary. That's right. I mean, if you think about it, like, I mean, obviously we had other online dating platforms, but in terms mm-hmm. of like, I feel like that really didn't become a thing.
0: It started in like yeah. the until early two thousands, pa- but until it probably but yeah. until
1: probably when you guys yeah. met,
0: we did. There were definitely were not as many options, and it was it mostly was geared toward. And now like, it's
1: just the yeah. I don't, don't want to say it's the norm, but it's well, it's a da- lot more common
0: now. One thing that a friend <laughs> brought up was that you know a lot of the younger generations now are growing up with so many of these dating apps being available that it is less taboo, you know, whereas before whenever we were kind of getting into the dating scene, it was mostly just like eHarmony and Match.com and Christian Mingle and those Kind of right. sites that you had, you had to pay for them. And so you had to be very serious if you wanted to use it. And now you have free apps like Bumble and Tinder and whatever else is out there. There's all kinds of stuff yeah. that wasn't even there Obviously, whenever yeah. we met. Yeah. And so there's all kinds of options and it is certainly now, be less taboo for us yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. But like my, so, my take on it all was that it, it really, it's, it's no different meeting somebody through an, an online dating website or an app than it would be to meet in person, because it's all about your intentions. I mean, you could go to a bar and meet somebody and still have the same mindset of hooking up with them as you might if you met them online. It's just that there's a stigma of online is only for that. There's not that stigma if you meet somebody else in the, in public, quote unquote, but it's all about your intentions. Like Whenever we used it, our intentions were, were very clear to meet somebody with like-minded beliefs and you know interests and we weren't on there for illicit reasons but there are people that will use anything for their own benefit whatever they want to use it for so it's just you know we were the same way like we would say we met through mutual friends and i've always been nervous to say to people how we actually met and then i interviewed a girl back in october who is one of my favorite authors and she met her husband through hinge which is another Mm -hmm. website and she's like just super like she owns it like it's just super like adamant that This (laughs) this <laughs> story, and we love it. And she said, and so she asked me how we met. And even then, I was nervous to say we met on Tinder because Tinder, of all of them, is the one that I think has the most association with just the hookup thing. And that's just not what we were using it for. And she was like, "No, you gotta own it. That's great. That's your story." And I was like, "You know what? You're right. That's the whole reason why I brought this up was to own it. So I need to just own but it." It's
1: interesting because, and that's why I love y'all's story so much in terms of how you met. Because not not just like the meeting online part of it, but the fact that you guys went to the same church. I mean, yeah, granted. Mm-hmm. Y'all, church is huge. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can believe that you would never have met each other <laughs> otherwise. That's not hard for me to believe. Well, but and that's... and
2: it's it's a it's a mechanism. I mean, when you just get right down to it, it is it's it's a software. It's a platform. It's a mechanism. Mm-hmm. How you use anything, yeah, uh, it, it can can vary, and there are going to always be people who are going to use things and less than uh, honorable ways, but uh, otherwise that that's what it is. And, and I would just add this one last thing. I you know I, I went to the singles Sunday school class a handful of times maybe
3: um not a fun place to be when you're
2: I was older. shaking her head you're in there with people who are
3: we never saw each other no yeah no, we, 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 we never saw each other
2: there no. but uh but you know who are in their late 20s to in their 60s or so and um you know meeting somebody for a christian meeting somebody at church is a very ideal kind of, of thing of course but I also began to think, you know, I I don't want to be coming here, particularly to the Sunday school class. To
3: meet somebody.
2: I don't want to be coming here. Not even, you know, I could easily say that's not why I was going. But I didn't even want that operating right. in the background right. when I was there. I wanted to be oh. there for the right reasons. And it, it just seemed to be a weird yeah. kind of of co-mingling of things that I thought there's got to be some other way
0: yeah yeah well I want to talk about just navigating just the dating aspect of it because what however you met I mean starting to date again I guess in your 40s with kids having been previously married is a lot different than meeting somebody in your early to mid 20s before you've been married with any kids and there might be people that if that's their story they might I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I can imagine that there's probably,
1: and I hope we don't get there. Well, well, exactly. You won't be there.
0: (laughs) True. (laughs) Good point. We're
1: hoping to avoid that. But But I I think
0: that there's, I I would guess that there are people that maybe they're in that, they're in that season of life and they are just maybe feeling unsure Mm -hmm. or apprehensive or just, you know, nervous about navigating that, that season. And, I can, I can understand. I mean, you know, I I would imagine trying to find somebody to date, like, like my brother is kind of, you know, he's dating somebody now, but he's been married twice. He's got two kids. And, you know, I know that that's been difficult, you know, cause not everybody wants to to find somebody who's also got kids. Um, you know, somebody that maybe is wanting to be married for the first time that might be challenging for them, but how did you guys navigate that? And just kind of, I guess if somebody is maybe in that similar season, you know, maybe they didn't even meet there, maybe they're not, online or dating someone else, just that they're trying to re-enter the dating scene. Mm. And and then also just like the idea of getting remarried in your forties, you know, just what does that season look like and how would you help people navigate through that based on your experience?
3: A loaded question, Cole. Very very loaded. (laughs) Well, we were, we dated for two years before we got engaged and married and, um,
2: which, Is unusual.
3: Yeah, it's very unusual, I think, for a second marriage. But um I mean, I think it was a much needed time. But another funny part of our dating time was that we attended a class at our church called the Smart Step Family as we were dating, thinking
2: we weren't engaged at the time. No,
3: we got engaged during the class, which our teachers that they're a second marriage and they were teaching the class, but they always joke that they they didn't scare us off and we decided just to go for it. So but that class was hugely helpful for us because we took it before we were even in the situation of a step family. And so um I mean we refer back to that you know in our in our heads sometimes and conversations as well. But you know that that was helpful for us to even be a part of that, I think.
2: Was well, yeah, it, it was a, a great help. Um,
3: yeah, because when you have children, it's a whole different um, dynamic. Yeah, dynamic. And it's not, I mean, it, you know, a second marriage without children has its own own challenges as well. But when you, you know, Tommy has three girls and I have two girls and a boy. I mean, when you am you know, trying to blend all of that <laughs> together, that's quite the challenge on top of building a relationship. You
2: know, so um. yeah. when you're younger and you haven't been married before, don't have children, you're bringing uh, a, a potential spouse uh, uh, home to meet your parents. Uh, when you're in our situation, you're bringing a potential spouse home to meet your kids. Uh, and,
3: a, and it doesn't always it's go well. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's a different
2: ballgame. That's a and good point, though. So many variations on that, uh, depending on what the circumstances of, and the how of your the, last marriage, ended. age of the children, age of the children, how they relate to their uh, uh, to their uh, other parent, uh, what sort of you know position and their personality and how ready, ready they are to engage yeah. somebody new coming in the door. It's it's it's, it's
3: very complicated because everybody's dealing with the emotions of it differently. You Know because, like, we were excited to be with each other, but that doesn't mean your children are excited about it, yeah. and you can't make them be excited about it or, um, you know, force that it just has to kind of evolve. It's a
2: crock pot,
3: it is
2: that's that was good, the image, that analogy. was the yes. analogy that they Ron Deal used, uh, primarily Definitely. in this, this yes, uh, step family I've, course. I've Ron Deal doesn't want well. that hmm yeah uh, I was gonna it's going to us
3: yeah he I talks about stephanie being more of a crock pot you know everything cooks a it, yes I love that, yeah. cooks it cooks at a different
2: you don't just pour rate. everybody in and push mix and blend everybody together I'm wondering if we read the same take, book it's going to yeah. take a slow simmering time and some things you pour in are going to take longer than other things the potatoes is going to cook <laughs> faster than the meat and I mean and and yeah, it's, it, a it's a great analogy because yeah. it really does apply to the fact that this kid can be here this kid <laughs> can be there this kid and it's uh it, no one situation is exactly alike
1: yeah I'm wondering if I read the same book when I was in grad school for one of my I can't remember if it was a Premarital course or just marriage counseling course. I read a couple of books by him and he specifically, there's this one that I recommend to anyone, I mean, any any person entering into a marriage with kids, whether it's their first marriage or second, just because he painted a picture in that book for me that I never really thought of from a biblical perspective. Because you know, when we think about like biblical marriage. In in the sense of, you know, your first marriage, like the man and the woman come together, you know, you leave behind your families and you become one. When you enter into a second marriage or whatever marriage with kids, whether it's your first or second, whatever, you are trading putting your spouse first for putting your kids first, which is kind of inverting the system of what was God's intent, not saying that it was not God's intent for you guys to get remarried, but you know, it's like in a perfect world before the fall divorce, wasn't a thing like divorce wouldn't have happened, you know? And so in putting your spouse first, then results, the children. And then, you know, so we're always looking obviously to God first and then putting your spouse and then the children they're the results of that and I thought that was so interesting to think about like you know not that you don't care about your spouse when you get remarried but you have to think about what's best for the children because
3: they're already there well <laughs> yeah like the way mean, he was saying it that's like you have the honeymoon after you know what I'm saying like it's it's not like like y'all y'all are a young married couple you know there's no children currently, but they may be coming down the road. But you know, y'all are able to spend time together, and when you immediately have all these people together, it's you know, it's a challenge right. to work through all of that. So.
2: To, to be starting off that way, yeah, and uh, and you're right. I mean, you you do have to take the kids into consideration so strongly in at every step. Uh, along the way
3: and we didn't do it right uh I was, yeah no, I, mean, I mean it was you,
2: hard you you, get, you you get it wrong and yeah. uh and you learn and hard. and, and uh, mm-hmm. um but Learned but at lot. the same time the, the the same principle that applies to a first marriage when you start off with no kids and and maybe you know, kids come along the way the 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 same principle that if if we're not strong and firm in our relationship first and foremost, then the whole matter of trying to care for our kids well and help them with the adjustment that goes with this, that too is, is going to be hampered uh, greatly. And so mm-hmm. so it, it's, it's, it's both and, it's, it's you're yeah, having to, to take the kids into consideration uh, so uh, in a very primary kind of way but our relationships got to be equally as primary and how you, how
0: you balance that's uh, uh,
2: pretty.
1: They can't throw one out for the sake of the other.
0: Yeah, What I I love about this series that we've done and we're really just kind of scratching the surface of it, but what I think is kind of the, the biggest message at least that I've taken away and that I hope listeners have as well is that marriage does not look just one way. There's a lot of different ways that marriage can look and it doesn't make one better or worse than the other. And, and, you know, I think everybody kind of has this idealistic view of what marriage is, but it comes in all shapes and sizes and all different ways and there's beauty in all of it. So, you know, like your guys' story is no less beautiful than somebody, you know, any other story really. And you know, like, like we, we've only been married for a few years now and we're a young couple without any kids. So, you know, we have a very, I don't want to say tame situation. Um,
1: but hard things still happen. Yeah. You hard know? things still like happen, but like, and-
0: yeah, it's just, it's interesting to hear all the different ways that marriage looks. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you watch movies and TV shows and it's usually projected one way. And, uh, but the reality is that sometimes it's blended. Like you have a, a previous marriage, you have kids with a previous spouse, and then you mix that together. And that's beautiful in its own way. And I love the crock pot analogy because typically what comes out of a crock pot is something very tasty and very delicious. And, you know, like, I think that that's beautiful that like people can mix families together. They can like, I don't have any step siblings, but like, you know, having a step parent is great. And, you know, like, obviously my mom passed away, but like um, it's, it still is. And I know like my best friend, Eric has step parents and his family is blended and, and he's very grateful for all of it. And I remember his brother got married in November of 2019 and His wedding was beautiful because, you know, for a while his biological parents um, did not really get along and there was never really any love between them. But at the wedding, his parents and step-parents were all sitting right by each other. And uh, like at the wedding, everybody was there together. They were celebrating their son. All of the step-siblings were there celebrating. And I got teary-eyed because I was like, this is such a beautiful example of what love and what family looks like because everybody had made amends they were just happy for their son that he was getting married they were just happy for love to be there in the room and it was so beautiful and i just think that that was like such a testament to like their faith their faithfulness in god god's faithfulness to them but also in the beauty of what marriage and families can look like and emily i feel like he's getting teary-eyed thinking yeah, about it
1: <laughs> it was really sweet um yeah and i don't even really know them super well yeah. but i just know the the pain. Uh, that they went through with their parents divorced and remarriages and other you know siblings and that whole dynamic and to see people put that aside even though there's probably still some pain and some hostility and some bitterness because that doesn't just go away um, you know to put that aside for the sake of their child who got married. It was, yeah. I, I thought that was a, that was a sweet thing yeah. to see.
0: And that to me is like, it's just a, a beautiful example of what, what marriage should look like. I mean, they're, you know, they, they're all happy for each other and, and the kids have embraced their step-parents as if they were their mm-hmm. own. They love them. And, and I, it's, it's beautiful. I, I just think that it was such a beautiful Testament. And I guess we'll kind of shift gears here Tommy, do you do much like marriage counseling with people like young couples or couples that come to you for marriage counseling? I'm just curious, because obviously you work at a Christian university and, and you have a, a theological background. And uh, I'm just interested in your your biblical perspective on some of this stuff. I mean, have you done much of that like counseling with couples? I, I have done quite a bit, but it's really been uh, mostly
2: in, in years past now. Yeah. I've served as a uh, pastor of a local, uh, two different local churches, uh, over uh, 13 years, uh, before joining the faculty, uh, at the divinity school, uh, 21 years ago now. So have, have had some, some ministry experiences, uh, you know, uh, of an interim nature here and there, but most of, most of that, that, uh, premarital and marital counseling that I did was, was 20 years ago and more. And, uh, uh, yeah, that, and that was, uh, that was good. I, I, uh, got certified in the, uh, prepare and enrich um, uh, uh, materials and, uh, and, and found those very helpful and useful, um, both for premarital counseling and I, I led some marriage enrichment, uh, uh, uh workshops for our church uh, family. And, uh, so yeah, uh, that, that was, that was good, but it's, that's been a while
1: you guys have done stuff at your church, haven't you? Uh, Pretty recently, right? I know Allison was saying you're attending classes right now or attending. Yeah, well,
3: and Tommy and I both led um, divorce care class at our church. So we've helped facilitate that. And it's a, it's a video based series with a workbook, but um, we led
2: three or four times.
3: Yeah. And that was a very humbling experience as well to have, you know, of course we were on the other side of divorce, but to have people in the room
2: it bring a lot of pain in yeah. yeah
3: and that was hard to walk walk back through that with them but also um you know just to give them hope that
2: you know it can get better God, God, <laughs> God restores and
3: redeems all of that and yeah
2: hope and healing was the what and of course they always asked that. us well how
3: did y'all meet you know so we had to be like oh, we kill <laughs> yeah
2: you had,
0: had to tell that fun story again yeah that's right oh, that's such
1: a testimony again of god's faithfulness bringing you guys through that and of course that's always going to be a part of your story um and just and i think that's awesome all the groups that your church has yeah first and <laughs> foremost because i think a lot unfortunately a lot of churches kind of at least from what i've seen in my experience kind of don't provide many resources to that demographic mm-hmm. or individuals who have been divorced Maybe there's just not as many outlets uh, for that. So I think that's amazing that not only were you guys able to help other people navigate that, but, you know, be a testimony of that. Hey, it does get better. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not always, it's, it's really hard right now. And that's, it's going to be really hard for a while. And there's going to be a lot of things that you have to continue to navigate, but it's not always going to be like this. And Mm -hmm. I think regardless of whatever if that's divorce, if that's, you know, a loss, any type of any type of hard season, we need to be surrounded by like-minded individuals to help guide us through that and show us that, oh my gosh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, even if it doesn't involve getting remarried, you know, like there is, there is going to be a time where it's not this hard.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we, we just, uh, Found it not that it's just us, uh, but uh, how the how important it is in a ministry like that uh, to be really trying to minister to them out of God's word, mm-hmm. um, as in any, anybody, any church can you know. Provide a support group and and listen. When you get folks together who have have experienced that kind of woundedness, you you don't for the most part you don't have any trouble getting them to talk. They they uh, uh, some of them are at different places in terms of how much they want to say and uh, and so forth. But most people are. I just have a lot inside and they feel uh, a safety coming together with others who have been or are in that similar place and boy they they can pour it out and mm-hmm. that's that that can be helpful not always <laughs> but yeah. uh uh but we we've, we've really the, the the church we were part of and 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 we ourselves have, have really felt that it was important Not just to be offering a support group, but a place where we emphasize the kind of healing that can come uh, uh, through uh, the grace God gives through the community of believers, uh, how God can take these broken pieces and help. Uh, uh help make something new and different and beautiful out of it uh, uh again going forward and and to, to really ground it in that and uh i i think oh, that's yeah. where real real healing is available um, and they
3: you know divorce is related so much to the grief process because it is a loss mm-hmm. and so um it was it's so helpful to help them kind of work through all of all those different roller coaster of emotions that, you know, I mean, just losing my mom, Tommy knows, you know, I'll be fine one day and the next day I just can't stop crying, you know. And that's how it was with divorce. You know, you especially when you have children, you I was, you know, a single mom. My children were nine, six, and three, I think at the time. But I mean, I was in survival mode. I was like, come on, get up, go to school. You know, it's just, but then you kind of process all of that and go through all the emotions and then you know, just to kind of help them um realize all of that that they're dealing with as well. And, and that it's all normal and that it's okay. And you just have to go through it, you know, and um yeah. And it was so helpful for them to be around each other as well. So yeah. Um, and how
0: yeah. kind of, I'm kind of interested just from the the parenting aspect of it too, because like you guys mentioned, I mean, I've been the child of divorced parents and I know how how that affected me at a young age. And I've always and I, and I told my dad this when we talked to him, but I've always admired him for his ability to just be consistently himself. Like I've never once had to worry about his character, his faith, um, just his devotion to us as kids. And I know it was not easy uh, for a while. The last few years of my mom's life were were not good. She suffered from some mental illness that, that kind of caused her to do some really I mean I don't want to say crazy things but it was it was pretty bad there for a while and it really affected my dad and my stepmom's marriage which uh, we talked a little bit about with them and it just it was not a very good time for my ages like 10 to 14 and my dad you know never once wavered in his devotion to us but I know that him trying to start off a marriage while also being a parent to us and dealing with that was not custody easy custody
1: issues custody
0: yeah. issues I mean it just was you know at the, t- at, the at that age I didn't realize everything that was, I mean, I guess I knew that it was happening, but at that age, you don't really think about how that affects other people. You're worried about how does this affect me? And, and I, you know, even though I know my dad is hurting, I still want this. It's like, you're just not mature enough to process it all. And, you know, what, what has the, the parenting aspect of all this looked like from you guys in terms of navigating the relationships with your kids while also hoping that they can form a sibling bond. And then you're also trying to, you know, navigate the marriage with yourselves. I just, I'm kind of interested from the parenting perspective, what did all that look like? And what were maybe some of the challenges you guys faced early on? And and how did you, how did you kind of work through those?
3: Our our situation is pretty unique in that, um, you know, six kids, us two, I mean, all eight of us have only been together, I think twice.
2: No more than three times.
3: Yeah. And and we've known each other 10 years now. but simply because of the ages of our children and being, you know, in college and school and different places, um,
2: it's not been the Brady Bunch. Yeah,
3: it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's no way. We haven't all been together at one time. But I tell you what, one of the best things for our family was 2017 when we got our dog Titus. Because I mean, he's like the one thing that we all have. Together, you know, like he he's our of the bond that all the people love the same way, you know. We all talk <laughs> I hope about we him. have
2: more of a bond than the dog, well, but he, he I was <laughs>
3: saying it help, you know, we all laugh about him. And and about him he's a and, great you know, dog. So I mean, you know, but um she's right. But I mean, just help. you know, it's been good for us to be able to have you know, we've gone to the lake several times with whatever kids can show up and you know, just making new memories together is fun. Um, but yeah, but I, can, I, but I have had friends who have had younger children and that the whole parenting with younger children at home is such a challenge because, you know, you parent differently, regardless of how old your children are and um, yeah. personalities are different. And so, um, yeah, it's just a.
2: And the ages the kids are, that, that is a big deal. Um how involved or not the, uh, your ex spouse is in their lives, uh, you know, custody no. matters, uh, all those kind of things uh, go in the mix. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is a balancing act and it's just one where inevitably there are times when you're going to feel uh, individually, you're going to feel like you're stuck between. between spouse and, and child. Um, and, or you're going to feel like you're on the out, you're, you're on the outside looking in yeah. to another family. So I, you know, I, this may be an overstatement, but uh, again, I think it just hinges on everybody's different situation, but I don't think it's, Too much to say that at some level, however good it it ever gets in terms of the bond that forms in a blended family, Mm -hmm. there's always that fissure line that runs somewhere, however shallow or deep, Mm -hmm. uh, below the surface that demarcates where these two families came together. Mm and. And it only takes the wrong set of circumstances or you allowing, you know, uh, not, you know, kind of uh, dropping your guard and not being attentive to things for something like that to, uh, to come up and, and, you know, drive a wedge uh, between you.
3: And And I think the biggest thing we've learned, and I mean, it's true of any marriage is communication. If you don't talk and discuss and share and, um you know come up with solutions together you're obviously not going to be on the same team you know and I think you just have to remind yourself whatever marriage whatever it looks like you know that um you know you're on the team together and you can talk about issues and work those through and communicate. I think it's just been the biggest you know thing that we we've had to learn you know to dance, together that way as well.
2: So it's hard enough to know how to uh, sometimes how to raise and, and parent your own children and then, you know, to, to enter into a situation where you're now taking on part of the parenting <laughs> role uh, of sorts with another set of children who already have a dad or who already have a mom. And, and uh, yeah, uh, it, it gets, uh, uh, it can get messy. But we we really, I think, while you know, as Allison said, we by no means have we done everything right. Um and we've learned a lot along the way. I think on the whole, we've we've really been very fortunate compared to a lot of the the circumstances that that many other couples in similar situations have to deal with. Yeah
0: this is such great stuff. I feel like we could talk for the whole night. I I want to be mindful of their time. Is there anything that maybe you're thinking of that I haven't asked about that's coming to your mind for questions?
1: No, but I think, you know, as, as we've been talking and obviously knowing you alls story from a personal perspective, um, with your children being my cousins and then seeing you all, (laughs) you know, seeing you all, um, navigate that it's, it's interesting how how the Lord works out things maybe in a way that we wouldn't necessarily think to do. Cause I mean, I think that's what, like you guys have all been saying the whole time, but not necessarily outright saying is like, okay, the fact that you have a shared faith, you have shared beliefs, and you're putting in the work because frankly, being married in general is work <laughs> at any capacity at any age, <laughs> yeah. but then coming into it with children and then, like you said, still having to navigate that relationship with your ex-spouse and, you know, just figuring out how that works. And I love that analogy about the the Fisher line, um, you know, just, just figuring out like, how do we do this in the most effective way while also honoring God, you know, making sure that our relationship is not just what we want it to be or, you know, what our kids want it to be or what would be the easiest or, you know, stuff like that. Because, be, you know, truly, if we don't put in any work, I, I think it's easier in the short term, but harder in the long term, you know? So it's like you guys have done a lot of work on the forefront, like even before you got married, <laughs> you know, by, by attending these workshops and these classes and leading these and I think, I mean, I think we talked about this with Cole's parents with, with counseling and everything like that. And I think that's something that we should be encouraging more couples to do yeah. because we can never stop learning and never yeah. stop learning about whether each it's other. a
0: healthy marriage or not, Like, exactly. there's always something you can benefit. Like we've even talked about that with that. like, we have no quote unquote marital problems, but she's always been a very big advocate for marriage counseling uh, because it's, I mean, I feel like it can only help.
1: Right. So I think that there's something to learn from that. And I, frankly, I want to come to y'all's church. That sounds awesome. <laughs> like, I, I was, I was, I hey, we're going to sign you there. up for a
3: class, Emily. We're going to yeah. find you something. We're I'm so serious. Like the one yeah. you were
1: telling me about at the, is it the Methodist church that y'all are attending? The, the Well, church? we're not
2: attending it, but yeah, the, the class, uh, they're offering a class that, yeah. that we're just sort of electively uh, <laughs> uh, choosing to, to go through. And, and it so is, good. You Know there's, there's not a single thing we've heard that's new, <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: and but sure. that's typically that's, that's usually the case. Uh, yeah. you're, you're hearing to, things, being reminded about. of things, yeah, that you need to hear again, and it prompts conversations, <laughs> right. That we otherwise probably on our own might not choose yeah. to, to enter into, but it's in the book, so we're going to
3: uh, <laughs> okay, so we'll
1: do yeah.
2: it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, ma-
3: marriage is two imperfect people together with a perfect God is what you have to always remember, you know, Tommy's not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're not always going to get it right. Um, but you know, we just trust in God to lead us the best. We know how and always, um, you know, every day is a new day and to pray our way through it. So.
2: Yep. I love that. Well, all and One do. of the things that we, um, one of the things that that we pledged to each other uh, as we entered into into marriage was that uh, I say pledged to each other that we we agreed on, and and I suppose has implications from it, and that is that uh, it's it's not her job to make me happy, mm-hmm. and it's not my job to make her happy. I, I, I want her to be happy. I, there, there's a whole lot uh, uh, practically under the sun, nothing I wouldn't do to, uh, to, to try oh, to baby. make her happy. And I think likewise, uh, but that's, this that must, is not, we were a, not a, it's not that. a good goal, right. uh, it's big not, a, not a good, uh, uh, thermometer or, or yeah. uh, indicator of, of, uh, of whether your marriage is, is right in every way. And, uh and unfortunately, you know, we see a
0: whole lot of marriages.
3: Yeah, when Tommy and I write a book, it's going to have some kind of happy something
0: in there. Well, <laughs> I thought was I was no, about I was to say, say we
1: need to hear about Tommy's book.
0: Well, yeah, well, that's what I was saying. Whenever we visited him, whenever we visited <laughs> him summer, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was talking we can't about. Let's <laughs> not go there. Let's not go there. Well, but I, I, I'll have to come up uh, my.
2: I created the subtitle in a uh, in a in a moment of passion during a, uh, during the breakup of my marriage. I'm afraid, uh, but uh, that'll be another yeah.
1: episode. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk about books.
0: But, but, yes, I, yeah, we'll go. get yeah.
1: Tommy back yeah. when he releases his book.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I Maybe by know. that time I'll have yeah. something with mine. Who knows? There. there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh,
2: but but it is a very real. Uh, well, but that's issue. what you hear a
3: lot when so, when I'm marriages are failing. Happy. You know, I'm not happy. I'm just not happy anymore. That's just not a, a reason. You
0: know. Yeah. So, Guys, but, the uh were you gonna say something else? Yeah, I
1: was just gonna say that's quite quite a lot of pressure to put on. I mean, you can right. you
3: probably hear that some in your counseling with people. Yeah.
0: And of course, I mean, even though
2: that's that's not anything <laughs> new or novel to no. us. Uh, you know, <laughs> when we were engaged, uh, I guess it was when we were engaged, might have been before we got engaged that we um read together Gary Thomas's sacred marriage. Yep. We did too. We read that too, yeah. And you know, uh I, I think he does such a good job of uh, for uh, for Christians to to kind of frame what what marriage is about and 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 to help you um uh, uh, uh adopt that kind of of mindset that it's not about our happiness, God's glory.
3: So y'all read that one too? You
2: yeah, did, I was yeah. going
1: to say, I think the subtitle was marriage is not supposed to make you happy. It's supposed to make you holy or something along those lines. Yeah, it is
2: something to that effect. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and um, of course, marriage, just like a whole lot of things in life, uh, uh, hinges a lot of times on your expectations. Uh, mm-hmm. And the same is true very much so of, of yeah, going into so a blended family. family situation what the expectations are and you know if we had had a Brady Bunch <laughs> expectation uh firmly set uh yeah we would have probably thrown <laughs> it in the towel uh, did
3: get a dog though
2: we so did get a yeah Emily I'm, waiting. We didn't Kimberly, tiger, I'm, I'm but... waiting
3: on my maid she hasn't shown up yet. My Alice. <laughs> Alice where are you I need my Alice she's not there yet <laughs> that's
1: that's the missing link She's that's coming. that's the issue.
3: I feel like no. that's the top piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's hysterical. And I'll be happy, Emily,
3: only if Alice comes. <laughs>
1: well, and you didn't have the three boys and three girls. That was no. really really helpful almost, in that yeah.
2: dynamic as well. Right. Yeah, y- yeah. Y- y'all
0: can do a Zoom call and have it where it looks like the Brady Bunch, you
2: could. like
0: all the different squares, and that'd, yes. be, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. tied just right
2: in the middle. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Well, guys, the final question I always love to ask my guests, the the title of my podcast is In No Hurry. And I kind of created it after a season of my life, whenever I was super, super busy, Uh, actually, right when we moved to Bowling Green, and I was kind of exiting that portion of my teaching career, and I was super busy. And I was just kind of focusing on this idea of slowing down in life. And then as as fate would have it, we ended up going into a global pandemic for over a year, or almost a year now. And life has kind of slowed down as it is, which is In a lot of ways, it's been good, but obviously not exactly loving the coronavirus. But loving the part of being able to slow down a little bit. But still, whenever your guys, uh, when your life gets kind of busy or hectic, what are some go-to? I don't know activities or just things that you guys do as a couple to sort of just slow down and spend some quality time together.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're not big hobby people uh you know my 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 hobby tends to be just working around the house and and so forth but uh but this past year uh we uh, had the the good fortune of deciding to buy a pontoon boat and uh we we both enjoy you know spending time on the lake and and it was just uh, it was perfect, a perfect time to therapy. do it because yeah, uh, when, were there uh, when every COVID weekend. hit and yeah. we were all uh, not able to go travel here and travel there that 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 made yeah. a lot of difference so we we like doing doing that um,
3: but we always even when we were dating always tried to travel get away for a weekend you know. At least once a year, if not twice, but we still try to do that, just the two of us to go somewhere. You know, and I think that's important to make the time to do that. And
2: just we can't just, afford to go anywhere no, and bring six kids. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> just
1: the two of us. Um, yeah.
3: So
0: well, that's great. Any any final thoughts from you, Emily?
1: No, but I just I just love hanging out with you guys and talking to you guys. Thank you for agreeing to do this and it was, I was think fun. Thanks, thanks for having, having us. A lot to learn.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Guys. Thanks Thank you for guys. what you're doing. Yeah. Well absolutely. We will talk to you guys hopefully very soon. Soon. <laughs> all right. Take care. Love you. Bye. Well, I love them so much. So grateful that we got Tommy and Allison on the show to talk about marriage. And I'm just so grateful for all the guests that we were able to have during this series on marriage because I really feel like we had a good variety of guests that brought a wide perspective on marriage. We had some young couples, couples that have been married 20 years, and then obviously Tommy and Allison who have sort of a unique story with their blended family and getting remarried a little bit later in life and having kids of their own. I just think that what I noted here in this conversation is that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to marriage marriages all look different and they're all unique in their own way and beautiful in their own way and so i was just really grateful to be able to have such a variety of stories and examples of marriage on this podcast for this series this month we do have one more piece to this series that will be coming later this week i'm going to be talking to author jackie Bledsoe on thursday We talked last week on Instagram Live and we both were having some internet issues and the connection kept cutting out and kind of ruined what we were were trying to do with our conversation. We were having a great conversation until the internet cut out. So we're going to re-record a conversation about his book, The Seven Rings of Marriage. That was the book of the month for this podcast in February. And so he and I are going to be talking this coming Thursday and I will be releasing that episode as a bonus episode sometime this weekend. So tune back in for that and you'll be able to hear Jackie talk about his book and the heart behind it and just kind of tie a bow on this series on marriage. The March book of the week is going to be a book called Your Future Self Will Thank You by author Drew Dick. And this is a book that I have wanted to read for a while. And so I'm excited to go through this as part of the book of the month. I talked to Drew a couple weeks ago about doing this book for my book of the month and he was totally on board and so I'm excited to go through this and talk to him later in March about this book as well. So stay tuned for more stuff on that and if you want to go ahead and grab that book on Amazon or I think it's the Moody Publishers is where he publishes book through and you can probably find it at Barnes and Noble and anywhere that you find books as well. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cole Claiborne and on Facebook, Cole Douglas Claiborne. We'd also love for you to subscribe to my newsletter. You can head to my website, coleclaiborne.com. Click on the newsletter tab and you can subscribe right there. But I hope you have a great week. Hope you find some time to relax and not be in a hurry. And we'll see you next week.